God is so good. Hey, let me start out with some questions for you. What loot are you pursuing, pushing for, and persuading for in your life? Let me ask it this way. What is your life's loot? All of our lives have a loot, a treasure, a pursuit that we're either stockpiling or stashing or even stealing for if we need to. For you, what's coming to mind? What is it that you're always looking to get more of? What's the treasure of your life? Let me tell you this story to set the stage. On a, on a foggy London morning in 1983, there was a daring burglary that sent shockwaves through the United Kingdom. A seasoned and skilled group accomplished a heist that would etch their names in modern criminal history forever. Armed with meticulous planning and an audacious ambition, the group infiltrates Brinks Matt High Security Warehouse with their eyes and hearts fixed on stealing unimaginable riches. In a matter of minutes, they liberated a fortune of gold bullion and, and diamonds in, in an astonishing haul that amounted to 26 million pounds or today $550 million. Still considered to be the single largest heist in history, this story of seeking and suddenly getting large sums of money does not end well, see, the stolen treasures of the Brinks Matt heist vanished into London shadows. And the, but the weight of the score began to be a burden. And the once united crew started to unravel as suspicion, greed, and paranoia infected their once impenetrable bond. All the members of this heist and many who helped move the loot were arrested. And more than a few of them were, that were involved were murdered, leading. These guys and girls just stolen $550 million worth of loot. But in history, it'll, it'll go down as the curse of the Brinks Matt millions. What is your loot? What is your life's loot? There is a loot that leads to devastation. There is a loot that is quite literally cursed. There is a loot that will leave you and those you love to a cursed life. So what is your life's loot? There's also a loot that leads to liberation for you and those you love. There's a loot that leads to life and life completely full of peace and fulfillment and joy and a loot that lasts. So we're going to spend the next few weeks together uncracking the combination to loot that lasts. We're going to spend some time together over the next four weeks looking at the loot that is it leading us towards blessings or curses? Let's give this time to God. God, we come before you right now and we pray for humility. God, we come before you right now, we pray for wisdom. Holy Spirit, I pray you prepare our hearts. I sincerely believe that every single person at every campus, online, God behind bars, watching later, that everyone will have a next step from today. There's not a doubt in my mind. There's too much of your truth in the scripture we will read today. So I pray that we right now would prepare our hearts with humility. And whatever you say, we will obey. You are Lord of our lives, not us. 
It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just one more time. You guys excited to be at church this weekend? I'm excited to be at church. I want to welcome you home. We love you. We're excited to be together this weekend and just excited for what God is doing. There literally are. There are more miracles happening day to day in the life of faith promise than in our history. We're so excited about it. So I want to welcome you. If you're live at a campus, if you're online, if you're online, let us know in the comments where you're at. God behind bars. Listen, the best days of your life. No matter where you're at, when it comes to the loot in your life, the best days of your life are ahead. And we cannot wait to walk it out together and, and to introduce the hope we have to other people. Now, before we go on, Dad, some of you guys know him as, I know him as Dad. Some of you guys know him as Pastor Chris or Dr. Big Daddy. Uh, and listen, I, whenever I'm not preaching, I travel campuses. And yes, I'm not as big as I look on the screen, okay? Okay, I'm not as big. And I look more tan on the screen, okay? That's filters that I pay them to put on me. You don't have to remind me of that when I go to a campus, okay? Uh, no, no, I, I love going and visiting uh, all of our campuses. But last week, Dad preached an amazing message. If you missed it, go and check it out in your quiet time this week. Just a great thing to do. But he did make some comments about the preaching that you guys had been receiving. And I heard too many amens for my personal comfort, okay? But you know what? I'm not the kind of guy to attack somebody, especially not the elderly. That's just not me. That's just not the kind of guy I am, okay? And so, and you know what, first of all, you have, you have the age difference. I'm, not, I'm just not going to attack him. The, the Lord tells us not to. But also something I realized last week is how much he looks up to me. And you can't attack somebody that looks up to you that much. And my dad's my hero, and I love him so much. But last week I realized just how much he looked up to me. And this is how I found that revelation out. Uh, two, three weekends ago during Snowmageddon, we had, to, we had to go to church online. And this was the outfit I wore whenever we were, we were preaching and talking. This was it. And, and I mean, it's a good outfit. I'm a handsome guy. It's fine. No big deal. But then I come to church the next week ready for a word from the Lord. And this is the outfit my dad is wearing. And it only looks similar because it's the exact same stuff, Okay. It's okay. So just what I want to say to you, Dad. Dad's out coaching the church in Louisiana right now, but I know he's visiting. Dad, I hear with your words you're attacking, but I see with your actions your love. And I love you too. I love you too. All right. So, hey, this is going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Amen. It's going to be good. Um, first of all, every time I think about a joke to tell against my dad, I tell him first, he always laughs the hardest. Oh, I can't wait. He's, um, and, but he, then now he has four weeks to come up one against me, but... He's very forgetful. Okay, so this series, we are going to look at the loot in our lives. We all have a loot that we're going after. We're trying to crack the code on that loot and that comfort and that fulfillment in our lives because we believe that it will provide us something. That's what we believe. It's going to provide us something. And can we be honest? Whatever loot that you and I are committed to getting, we'll do about whatever it takes to get it or to get more of it. Maybe the loot that you think you're after is freedom or maybe it's people thinking well of you or maybe it's success in some form or facet. And not only will we do just about anything to get it, but once we get it, we'll do just about anything to keep it. Even if that means hurting others to keep your freedom. Even if that means lying about others or lying so that people think well of you 
or cheating or stealing to be successful. Wherever you find yourself when it comes to loot, whether you don't have any and you're wanting some or whether you have all of it and you're wanting more. So let me ask you one more time before we go to God's word. What is your life's loot? What are you after? God's word gives us clear direction and truth when it comes to the loot of our life that we're trying to track, crack the code for. So we're actually going to be in a book called 1 Timothy. So if you have your Bible app or if you have your Bible, if you'll go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. But just so I can tell you something really special about this book is that a guy named Paul is writing it, one of the first followers of Jesus, and he's writing it to another young Christian named Timothy. Because it's our job to be in relationship and helping to equip others and build them up in their purpose. And this is what Paul had to tell Timothy about his purpose, right? And this is, this is going to be in 1 Timothy 6. I'm going to start in verse 6. And we'll, we'll, I'll read a little, talk a little, read a little, talk a little. But in 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 6, Paul writes this. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. And listen, this is so countercultural. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, contentment, that's, if we're honest, that's not a real American word. Now, is it? We strive for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We want more. I remember growing up, I didn't understand this when I was growing up, but it was always a funny saying. My dad would get going and preach and eat, say, people try to get all they can, can all they get, and sit on the can. And I was like, yeah, dad. But I, I know what it means now, right? People do that. We're trying to get all we can. We want more. Hey, listen, I'm not above this. I want more. I want more people to come to Faith Promise. I would like to have more money. I would like to have more followers or influence. We all have a natural desire in our flesh to want more. You're not a bad person. You don't have to duck your head during this message. Every single person in, in the campus with you feels the same way. If they say they don't, they want more and they're a liar. So that's a double one, okay? So let's just cut the line out for today. That word for contentment is the classical Greek word, uh, best understood in the philosophical sense. And, and here's what it means. A perfect condition of life to which no aid or support is needed. Now that's significant, right? Does, does that sound like our lives, especially when it comes to our loot, when it comes to our finances, what we're stockpiling? Is your condition of life perfect? Or could you use a little more loot support, right? Because God is telling us, promising, promising us that there is contentment available for us. Even in this day, when Paul is writing to Timothy 2,000 years ago, listen, they're, they're, the people here, they had loot that they were going after as well. All different kinds of loot. But Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, feels prompted to push into a very specific kind of loot that the enemy is still leveraging to get us out of God's plan for our life. This is how Paul goes on whenever he's equipping and discipling Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 9, he says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Now, I mean, Paul is very descriptive. Remember when I said there is a loot that will lead to a cursed life? 
God's word warns us in a lot of places against making the loot of our life money. That, that word right there for, for plunge is, is a Greek word that's only ever used one time in the New Testament. And that's in Luke 5, 7. And it talks about drowning, but, but not just drowning, about being dragged to the bottom. So Paul is using very descriptive, very, very just, just abrasive language to warn Timothy and us about making our loot, our life about the collection of money. Let me ask us this, is our life's loot leading us towards the trajectory you're on? Is it leading you towards contentment? Or if we're honest, is it plunging us towards ruin and destruction? And listen, if your answer is, well, I don't really know. I just wanna encourage you, lean in for your sake, for your family's sake, for your friend's sake. I know as I studied the scripture for this weekend, I found myself leaning in more. I found myself wanting to be even more generous and obedient. Let me show you how Paul ends this section of, of discipleship and teaching with young Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6, uh, ch uh, ch yeah, verse 10, it says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It does not say that money is evil. There's nothing evil about money. Money is amoral. It's, it's dirty green paper or coins or ones and zeros on somebody's computer. It is not evil, but the love of making the loot of your life, money, is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I mean, the, the warning is so descriptive, but is, is that not what we're seeing a lot of times? Right there, in that part, that phrase, eager for money, is best understood to mean to extend or stretch oneself out. Does that not sound like our world when it comes to the loot of money in our lives? Overstretching credit card debt, living on 105, 110%. I'll pay it off another time. I just need this right now. Does that not sound like our culture of overextension? Right here, God inspired the Holy Spirit to tell us that now. For us to live in it, for us to teach it to those we love. It sounds like our world. Listen, listen. I know this may feel uncomfortable, but according to God's word, this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Come on, we're going to be obedient. So what is the loot in your life? Would you say that the love of money has crept up your loot list consciously or subconsciously? Listen, money being the loot of our lives is not sustainable. Listen, that's not, that's not my thought. This is not Zach, this is, this is the word of God, this is Jesus' thought, and we'll look at what he has to say here in a minute. But a lot of us know that money will not crack the code to our lives. It's not sustainable for it to be our foundation. For example, you know the, one of the leading causes of divorce, it, our finances, is money. Listen, no amount of money can hold any relationship together. Not parents and kids, not friends, especially not marriages. The enemy is coming after our marriages. But listen, if you want to know how, what, what will hold your marriage together, and you want to know Jesus' purpose for your marriage, do not miss the marriage conference that we're going to do together. 
Listen, if you're happily married, if you're engaged, even if you're engaged, if you're struggling, if you're fighting for your marriage at, at Revival Night on Tuesday, which was unbelievable, I prayed with a, an elderly man that came up front and he said, me and my wife split up this week. Listen, the enemy is coming after our marriages and we have to fight for them. Listen, this should be packed. The marriage conference should be packed. If you have to come alone and fight for your marriage alone, we will intercede with you. Okay, so do not, amen, can we just commit? Let's not miss that, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. So listen, again, I said that Jesus said that finances are not a firm foundation. So let's just take a look, we looked at what Paul said. Let's take a look at what Jesus, and Jesus has a lot to say about money and finances and the loot of our lives, but let's just look specifically at what he says, this is going to be in Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to read starting, oh, sorry, yeah, Luke chapter 12, and I'll start in verse 13. And is what it says. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then Jesus said, listen, this is Jesus' unfiltered, unprompted, hot take about finances. G and, uh, and Jesus, Jesus said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in, that's, I think it's a big word, in the abundance of possessions. Whenever money came up, unrelated to where it is in our heart, Jesus brings it up proactively. That light, watch out. Be on guard. Life is not in possessions. Can I tell you just something about the loot in our life? If you're wondering, I wonder what the loot of my life is. The loot in your life is determines, it'll determine what you fight over, what you divide over, what you defend. Do you fight over money? Do you fight over politics? Do you fight over being right? You might be storing up the wrong loot in your life. And you might find the loot you're storing will not last. Jesus says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not exist in. I think it's intentional in the abundance of possessions. How many of us have dove into possessions, whether it's, whether it's a, a savings number, whether it's a, the newest, latest toy, whatever it might be. It doesn't exist there because there is never enough. Listen, Jesus could not be more clear when it comes to the loot in our lives. If the loot in your life is money, you will not find life there. You will not find joy or contentment or, or restoration there. Jesus keeps on going. And listen, guys, this is so countercultural. And I think we have to decide who is going to set the course for our life. Jesus keeps on going in verse 16, and it says, He told them this parable. This is when Jesus used the story to help us better understand it. He said, uh, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, Self, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, This is what I'll do I'll tear down my current barns, and I'll build bigger ones. There I will store my surplus grain. Listen, lean in, look. Then he says, then I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Is that not exactly what we're going for? 
Listen, I was raised in a house where we tithed, we, we tithed we, we 10% and we gave generously. That's what me and my wife do. But our culture, you find yourself just, I can't wait till I'm my own boss. I can't wait till I can do whatever I want to do with my time. I can't wait until I can just rest and say, hey, let's chill. Let's do the things that I want to do. And th- so this would seem like kind of the American dream a little bit. I get to rest. I get to be my own Boss, listen, subconsciously or consciously, this is the default wiring for us. But Jesus is about to say, not Zach, Jesus is about to say that that loot is a liar. That that loot is a liar. This is how Jesus wraps this up to help us understand. That guy, remember, he had everything. He was retiring. I've got all I need. I'm going to rest. I'm going to be married. It's all going to be fine. Then Jesus said, this is, uh, uh, this, then he said, this is what I'll do. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but not is not rich towards God. Now, if I could just speak into it, I think a lot of us, like our default is like, well, I'm storing stuff up for my kids or I'm storing stuff up to make things more comfortable. And hey, I, I, I get that. But if we leave our kids a paid off house, a great 401k, comfort and ease, but we don't leave them any spiritual disciplines, we don't leave them with an example of a godly marriage and a godly life. And we don't leave them with a prayer culture and a, and a focus on eternity. Did we really leave them rich? Or do we leave them poor in the places that matter most? Spending our time, spending your time, your life gathering up early, earthly loot will leave you, it will leave me, with nothing. I know, I'm, we can all feel it, can't we? This is the place where the enemy, ha, I believe, has his hand in a lot of our lives. But according to God's word, this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. When it comes to the loot of money in your life, what impact will you leave? What impact will you leave? Before we talk about some practical steps to start storing up your loot in heavenly places. Let me just give you one more verse. One more verse that has really impacted me. One more verse um, that, that, that I believe should really impact our outlook on the loot that we're storing. This is in Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and 37. It says this, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul. There'll be a day when we stand before Jesus and we have to answer, why should I let you into my heaven? And the only loot that matters is salvation, a relationship with God and what we've done for him. Hey, before we go on those practical steps, I believe there's some people that need to start a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never started that. Maybe you've, never, maybe you've never received Jesus' love for you. And that's the most important thing we want to make sure we cover today. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe that God raised from the dead for your sins, you will be saved. We're actually going to do that right now.
at all of our campuses, will you just bow your head and close your eyes with me? If you're ready to start a relationship with Jesus, will you say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I know you came to pay for my sins, a debt I could never pay. Be Lord of my life. Be my first love. You died for me, so I will live for you. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, hey, if you gave your life to Christ today, we just, we're not going to embarrass you or do anything crazy. You just slide your hand up. Just let us know. I know all this, this talk about money and all this kind of stuff, but the most important thing is where we're going with eternity. Where are we going to spend the rest of eternity? Is that with Jesus or is that apart from Jesus? Amen. Amen. Faith Promise, can we celebrate people who gave their life to Christ today? Is that not amazing? It's amazing. It's amazing. So what are we going to do? We, we, we have, we've walked in. We, we have been made uncomfortable by God's word. What are we going to do? So we ask this question, what is next? It's a part of a, a question we ask ourselves to, to get into, to get in this, this win your world culture into our life. And so when it comes to our, the loot of our life, what is next? Well, let me tell you this. What is next is to learn what to do with the loot that God has given you. Learn what to do with the loot that God has given you. Some of us are making minimum wage. Some of us are, are making millions of dollars a year and anywhere in between. God didn't ask about the amount. He asked that we would be faithful what he's given us. So we have to learn what to do. And maybe it doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. Maybe you're not sure what to do. So let me give you two steps. One, if you've never been in Next Steps, because this right here on our weekends is not an easy time to get in and say, well, what about this and what about this? Well, if you'll come to Next Steps, you'll sit around tables. We can ask all those questions. I want to encourage you, tonight is step one at all of our campuses. So come on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about being faithful. And another thing you can do, another step you can take, if you've been in Next Steps or, or even not, Groups, this weekend we are launching groups. And I just, guys, I couldn't beg you more. I know that you're busy. I know you have stuff going on. But we were made by God to do life in group together. Rachel and I just, we just multiplied or, or we, we sent out the last group that we had. We're starting another one uh, here in a few weeks. Listen, this is something I've done my whole life. It is massive. Listen, not only are you trying to make sure that you're being faithful, the enemy is at the door of your heart constantly. He knows what's hard for you. He's after you. He's after your marriage. He's after your relationships. He's after the purpose that God has for you. And we have a group so that other people are fighting with us and for us too. And so listen, it, it really is. And I know this is, people say that I'm, I'm overly optimistic, it's pie in the sky. I really do pray that no one at Faith Promise would leave without at least having a conversation about groups. If, if you listen to anything I say, I pray that you would listen, that you should be saved and you should be in a group. You should be doing it. You can tap that little blue disc in front of you or in the lobby of all of our campuses. Listen, if I told you we were giving away tickets to a basketball game or the Super Bowl or, or, or to a nail salon, whatever you like, you'd stop by and put your name in a raffle. And this couldn't be more important and priority than those things. It actually shows, I love you, this shows where you're going to put the loot of your life. Amen? Amen. So we, that, that's what we have for what is next to learn what to do with the loot in our life. What about who is next? 
This is something that really differentiates the vision that God has put on faith promise and on your life. When God challenges us, we ask the question, who is next? Who is next for me to impact? Who is next for me to be faithful to? Who, God, who is next? I'm not going to keep this to myself. I'm going to go after. Listen, here's the who is next step. Make sure your loot lives on. Make sure your loot goes beyond what you're doing in your life. Let me, let me tell you a story. Every week, we're going to start sharing a life change story for the purpose of inspiring all of us to go out and to win our world. To let all of us know, more ministry should be done Monday through Saturday than on Sunday. So let me, let me tell you this story. Last Saturday, our student ministry did something called One Day, where they went out and they served in their communities, went out and won their world. They were big, bold, it was amazing. Now, I wish I could tell all the stories, but let me tell you one from a, a sixth grade girls group. Sixth grade girls, right? These are 11 and 12 year old young women. And they went to Target. And listen, some of you guys have high opinions about Target. Let's put our, our religious, our, our politics aside for a moment. Just listen to what God did, okay? So these sixth grade girls, they went in. First of all, it had a Starbucks there, okay? And the Holy Spirit needs caffeine in their lives sometimes to move, okay? And so these sixth grade girls, they went down, sat down to Starbucks, and they went and they wrote, they wrote on cards uh, just, just prayers. And, 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 and really prophesied over people and they would go out, we may get in trouble for this, but they would go put them in shoe boxes and put them in dressing rooms and people would see them and people would open them. But, but imagine this, imagine, yeah, you give God some praise, but it gets better, it gets better. So think about this, there's a, a 12 year old girl named Kaylin and she's doing the thing and she, she, she's all hopped up on Starbucks and she's being obedient and she sees another young woman, a, a, a 20, I think it's 20 to 25 year old young lady who's leaving the store. Now, whenever you're 12 years old, right? I mean, uh, that, that's, that's like, those are superheroes, right? Those are adults you're talking to. And Kaylin felt like she was supposed to go talk to this lady and say, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about today? It's that simple. Kaylin went up and said, hey, is there anything I can pray for you? And this young lady got tears formed in her eyes and said, I've been thinking about killing myself. I've been thinking about suicide for about three months now. 12 years old, asked 20, 22 year old, and this was the vulnerability she got. Listen, you may say, oh, Zach, that's reversed. The, the 20 year old should be pursuing the 12 year old, maybe. Maybe it shouldn't have been the little shepherd boy that went out and fought Goliath, but it's who Jesus chose, right? And so, but, but get this, get this. Listen, this is why, this is why who is next is so important. So this, this, this lady tells Kaylin, hey, I've been thinking about suicide. What she didn't know is that Kaylin has some friends that have been thinking about suicide. So Kaylin's been at home and at FB students. She's been preparing herself and going out and ministering to her friends. She had scriptures, she had phrases, she had all this stuff. So this 21-year-old girl didn't know that she just walked into a fully armed, over-caffeinated, spirit-filled girl who was ready to go, who was ready to go. So Kaylin told her. Kayla was ready. She was prepared in season and out of season. And she ministered to her and she loved on her. And then she said, can I pray for you? And that, and that lady said, just assumed it was like what everybody else said. And so, yeah, sure, you can pray for me. And she said, no, can I pray for you right now? Grabbed her hands and prayed for her. Listen, listen, this is not a bait and switch. You have not heard anything more true than what I'm about to tell you. 
This is why we tithe. Not, not give generously. This is why we are obedient with the Lord with our tithe. Listen, God tells us to tithe because His church, His church is the only organization that is solely focused on the gospel, solely focused on bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, solely focused and tasked with equipping Christ followers to go out and win their world. That's why we tithe. That's why for Rachel and I, I'm telling you, the first thing that goes out is, is, is to the church. It's not to savings, it's not to our house, it's not to anything for the kids. It's to the only thing in our life that is solely focused on plundering hell and populating heaven. Listen, this, listen, tithing, I say, I tell you, tithing, charitable giving or tithing is down across the whole nation. Everywhere it's going down. Faith promise we have to beat that stat. Matthew 16 says the gates of hell will not overcome his church. You are his church. That means in every area of your life, including the loot that you're storing, you must have victory. We are going to tithe. We are going to give 10%. Maybe you need to take a journey there. Maybe you need to start today. We're about to have a moment and we're gonna respond. Here's what I'm gonna, I, I really do believe that everybody has a step to take today. Maybe you got saved, you wanna come up and pray with one of our prayer team members. Maybe you need freedom, like you heard that Kaylin was offering at Target and you need some prayer today. Maybe you've been storing up loot that won't last. Maybe you need to repent. This is the moment of response where you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? And whatever he has to say, you obey. There'll be prayer team members up front, there'll be prayer team members at the crosses. Will you stand and let's prepare to respond. God, we come before you right now. Whatever you say, we will obey. God, I know the world gets funny when we talk about money, but God, there's something so much bigger. We know that the number one uniting factor of a family or a team is crisis, and there's never been a greater crisis than the crisis of people dying and going to hell. There's never been a greater crisis of the devil attacking people with depression and anxiety and greed and generational curses of debt and mammon. And God, I just pray that you would send freedom. I pray that people would come up for prayer. I pray that husbands and wives would grab hands and make commitments. I just pray that whatever you say, Holy Spirit, we would obey. Whatever you say, Holy Spirit, we would obey. You, you are the king of our life. That means that what you say goes. You tell us to tithe so that your kingdom will come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is not an obligation. This is a celebration. In your name we pray. Amen. Whatever God's told you to do, let's move, let's be obedient, let's do it now.